0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Faith Forge Academy. Uh, I'm Steven. We are continuing in part two of our mailbag episode that we started last time, hosted once more by uh, Dan Arndt of the Fandamentals. Uh, so thank you to Dan. Uh, we hope you enjoy the questions that we answered in the discussion. Uh, we sure enjoy telling the story and uh, answering those questions for you. We're sorry we couldn't get to all of them, um, but we, we've got a couple ideas for how we can use them, use those questions in the future. Anyways, enjoy.
1: Okay, so we were uh we did do a lot of talk sort of in a more general sense about, you know, how you approach you know, everything in general, but there are the, a lot of the uh, patrons and people who sent in questions had some uh very specific questions about different different aspects of the game. Um and so we're just going to f- do a couple of these. One of them was um I think you might have touched on this a little bit, Michael, but it was how does Besky feel about losing most of his teenage years in a hell dimension away from his family, especially after the last conversation he had with his father.
2: Uh, probably- actually, like, I already forgot that conversation, but honestly, like, if he has time to reflect on it, it was the best- it was the best, like, time of his life. <laughs> Other than, like, hanging out with his friends at the Frayforge Academy, um, and getting away from his family initially, like, he was on his own, like, it sucked that he was, like, trapped a little bit, but, like- Hindsight being twenty twenty, probably for Besky, those three sapphic mommies probably helped raise them in ways that were like really good for him. And um and like, you know, it's kind of like reaching adulthood kinda of on your own a bit. You're like away from like the familiar familial and familiar, you know, support structure that you had and it's kinda of like you're kinda of truly on your own. So I think I think he does miss just like kinda of like me in real life, like I I think there is some stuff that he misses, like He didn't go to prom, he didn't do any of these, like, dancey things, he didn't do, like, any of this, like, whatever, um, that are, like, you know, hallmarks of teenagehood, but I think, um, I think he really enjoyed the experience.
3: Okay.
0: It's the best study abroad program there is.
3: (laughs) I love that answer so much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, Rain has been lately taking on the responsibility for their ancestor regarding Arvea. How has this impacted their perception of their place in the world? How has the introduction of the Void Mother impacted them, given their family history of making bargains with dark forces?
3: um. So I think that Rain... I honestly don't really think Rain thought they had a place in the world before all of this information was introduced. Not like in a, you know, 2004 emo, like, oh, there's no place <laughs> for me. It's not like that, but it was just more like... Uh, I think they operated from the perspective of like, okay, I'm a person in the world and I'm just going to do what I'm doing and la-di-da-di-da. Like there wasn't really um, a lot of consideration for purpose um, before uh, all of this happened. So I think that it has definitely given them a direction. How macabre that might end up being, we don't know yet, but um, I think that it, it definitely, uh changed rain from being um sort of a wandering soul to okay this is what i absolutely have to do and i don't really have any other i don't have an option to not do this this is what i'm supposed to do
1: okay how does blossom feel about her new relationship with the silent watcher
4: yeah that's a good question (laughs) um (laughs) i definitely think that there's conflict there um Previously having had a relationship with a deity of sorts that was so abusive and manipulative and and all of that, Um, you know, and obviously, like, everything character-wise, like, I, I... I feel like ends up mirroring real life situations in a way. And so like, if you have been in situations or relationships like that, that have been toxic, unhealthy, one-sided where somebody's taking and taking and taking and taking from you, even when you get into a new relationship that is positive, that does seem like it's built on mutual respect and trust and things like that, there is always going to be lingering trauma that fear, um, you know, a, that ability or that inability to just trust as freely once that trust has been so badly abused and broken um and so i think for blossom while there is this relief of like finally somebody who seems to care about me in a way that isn't about what they can take from me um she definitely still has major reservations um just because it's still an unknown variable and until it's proven that she can trust this person implicitly like without a doubt like she's always going to harbor some anxiety and fear about that relationship i think
0: yeah that i, I will say adding in as as obviously the the other side of <clears throat> well uh, as the <clears throat> other side of that relationship right um i i this this the silent watcher right their they're, they're kind of shtick is their they're, they're they're watching they're they're observant they're they're looking for people who um have been overlooked or dealt a shitty hand or whatever and so it's it's been really interesting playing a character who is um or playing a a deity essentially who is one at least attempting to be selfless um the one of the sort of above world things that's that's that i have tried to do with the um with the pantheon is historically and i think i think i shared this with y'all i think y'all have discovered this in the podcast if not player knowledge versus character knowledge whatever they were all they were all mortal at one point um
4: yes we did know that
0: and and so Mm -hmm. um basically you've got this this deity who has just essentially what he has on you is extra power and a lot of years of experience, right. Um, in, in trying to be empathetic. And so there is still, there will always be an element of selfishness because it's not like becoming this deity all of a sudden changed their personality or anything like that. But, um, so it's been, a, it's been an interesting thing to, to balance that, like, cause out of character and in character, I guess you blossom knows that they do want something. Um, they yeah. want, they want to not die. Um, so anyways, it's just been, it's, it's been a very fun, uh, uh, dynamic. Plus it's nice playing a nice guy instead of somebody who's like just a sick, <laughs> sick bastard.
4: But Joe. it's interesting because that's so authentic for you and who you are <laughs> that even as a player, sometimes I'm like, what is he up to? Like, of, course I would be- of course I would believe that, you know, so. Why did did that come up? Over my shoulder? (laughs) Yeah, where did that
5: come from? Yeah, what is that?
4: (laughs) (laughs) That was so strange. Um, It's a metaverse.
5: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Metaverse is (laughs)
4: always listening. I don't know. It's very easy to believe Stephen as kind-hearted and wanting the best for you, which makes me suspicious as a player on some (laughs) level. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah. (laughs) It's, it's, it's also, it's, those have been two very fun dynamics to play with, Stephen. Um, and so I look forward to figuring out what that's all about.
1: (laughs) Okay. So Ian, over the course of the last few episodes, through words, thoughts, and some actions, it has seemed like Cause has given in or accepted certain truths about himself and his ties to his family. Is Cause potentially considering taking a seat at the table of his family's dealings to try and bring some reform? Or is he still set on ducking out the minute he gets his aunt free? There's, that was there's so many insults just like tucked away in that. Oh my God. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. That, was, that
5: was dang. I mean, who asked that? I need a name. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't tell me. I'll find out later. Uh, um, wow. <laughs> That's- thoughts, de- thought, was it thoughts, words, and some actions? Ouch. And then uh, <laughs> ducking out the moment. moment. I mean, like. <sighs> So I have been really satisfied um, playing Cause as the bard chronicler for the rest of the party stories for pretty much the last three years, right? Like I have watched uh, and like, I mean, like really early on, like I uh, was like, like Michael probably remember, like I was, I would like always be jibing. Always. exhausting <laughs> like oh what's prince besky gonna do <laughs> exhausting <laughs> and yeah just like really enjoying like being the bard who uh, it's not my story it's someone else's story and you know steven you've been great about like just uh building out this web of um <clears throat> this web of like that which I cannot escape from now, right? As cause, like it's time to to get involved, which I've been waiting for. I've been really excited to get into it, and like as we've been getting more and more into the story in uh, in Riverheart, like I going back to our previous conversation about what makes D and D fun, about what makes the game worth coming back to, which is you know, like um, kisses and tears, right. Like I, I, I mean, look. Either, like, there's there's a number of different options that might come to pass. Like, I mean, like, yeah, like totally dismantling of the entire. um Oh, steven help me out. What are the the the, the five families? That are, the Rithen. The Rithen. I mean, it might be a total dismantling of the Rithen. It might be turning the city over to the guilds. It might be. Like, yeah, retiring Cause as an adventurer and having him, like, NPC it as, like, new de facto ruler. It might be a Breaking Bad scenario where, uh, you know, the family, you know, the, the Black Irons are subdued, but at what cost? Like, I mean, I'm really looking forward to the situation and circumstances under which Cause actually does talk to his blood family. Not, not the Black Irons, but his actual you know, grandpapa. And how that's gonna how it's gonna come to pass so i'm uh you know i think action's not avoidable at this point and it's it's uh i mean especially when steven's like hey control control jump for a death slot just just sitting there like freaking dangling that shit at the end of a rope (laughs) oh my god oh my god um so I'm I'm pretty excited to see how it's gonna turn out. I don't think it'll go I, I think it's gonna be mostly tears for cause, honestly. I think one way or the other. Um, yeah, I can't I, I think it'll probably end in, in tears one way or another for cause, but not in a way that I'm not looking forward to. And like I said earlier, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Cause will uh how how given the opportunity to enact change, what will cause be willing to sacrifice and what will cause be willing to like do to you know, make the world a bit of a better place. Um, especially with kind of the, the stakes that we're at right now, which seem kind of small, honestly, compared to some of the other plot lines we've been doing. Well, uh, oh, oh, yeah, I saw that little look on your face, Stephen.
4: Ian's just fishing. He's like, it's a small plot point, right? Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's you know, totally just a side.
0: It's just a side, it's just a side quest. <laughs> so
5: yeah, that'll, yeah, um, i'm very excited i have i've been really really looking forward to 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 seeing how this comes to pass so um yeah yeah probably probably will not end up with Kaz ducking out i i don't see that as being an option both in terms of his character arc in general and just like satisfaction of play i just don't
1: i don't see it as being a, a satisfying conclusion to this particular arc Okay. Stephen, someone wants to know how you thought about the protagonists being driven out of the Academy. Was this a group discussion, part of your initial uh, narrative arc, or something else entirely? Um, that's a good question.
0: Yeah. I, and so it was something that I knew would get was going to have to happen at some point. Um, I think when you have a magic sto- school setting you run out of story to tell at some point if you stay on campus. And, um, I always wanted this to be a, a pretty, um, world altering campaign that started small with students that were just like, um, very unaware of their importance in the world. Um, to something much, much bigger. I mean, that's that's why pretty early on they found out that the tree is like the last remnants of a god planted in the center of the school, right? When you have those sorts of pieces, you have these bigger world tie-ins. Um the world is much bigger than this little school. And 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 um and truthfully, I was I was waiting for for that moment to see how it would happen, like to to see how they would react. Um, because essentially, essentially what what I what I think about DMing is not as much there, there are definitely like narrative plot points. You can't have a story as long as we have, if it's just like encounter, 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 there has to be threads tying things together. Um, but in those threads, it's setting up these important moments to see how the characters react and then having, having the world and outside like then shifting in a way that, that makes sense to, to what they did. And so, um, they had thwarted Malvaris a couple different times. Um, but with like, kind of, there was the reason we had, I had the arc with, with rain and, and the dragon and Colonel getting trapped away and, and all that stuff. Cause that was kind of the, the, the lead up to Arvea being, being free and, and being able to be called again to Malvaris and, um and landing on this, this Academy. And, and so the, the, this is a very minor spoiler. Cause I think if you're paying attention, you would assume that this was where it would end. But in my mind, it might not be the very final battle, but there's, there is something that's going to go down at the Academy. Like they left the Academy, but they're not gone forever. Um, they're, they're, they're going to have to go back. And I think that is, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, I, I don't know how to say it other than it just made sense to me. Um, and, and, I th- if I remember right, that was, that was a while ago. Um, but I think we had the conversation, I had the conversation of like something really bad is going to happen at the Academy. And if you stay and fight, your characters will definitely die. Is mm. I think
4: like,
0: like yeah. th- that's totally on the table. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make you stop, but you're not at this point, your characters are not capable of this fight. Um, So I think, I think that was sort of the conversation and, and we've had, we've had lots of different conversations over, over the years of, I feel like every six months or so, we just kind of have a check in. Um, where's the story at? Are we still enjoying the characters? Are we, are we liking where this is going? Here's a very, very generic plan of where I see the story going and and that sort of stuff. So I'm, I'm rambling now. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that that's my answer to the question.
1: Okay. I've got uh twofer for two of you that actually came up from two different people submitting asking about this. Rain revealed their feelings for cause and those feelings were reciprocated. How did that come about for the both the characters and the players and how did you approach uh, playing that out in the show? So as I recall
5: uh, Chris you had originally messaged me about some what ifs. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, okay. So uh, wh- I, I couldn't tell you to save my... I don't know what I had for lunch yesterday. I don't know what this happened, <laughs> But some long time ago, I, um after kind of spending some time with the characters and playing for for uh, several months at, at least, mm-hmm. um there was some obvious kind of like camaraderie between cause and rain. And I was like, you know, what if? What if it was like this, you know school you know like school kid very pg like very mm-hmm. you know that's not that's not a dynamic i do very often um because y'all know i'm thirsty as hell so i was like <laughs> what if we did it in a sweet way yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and cause and rain had a, a natural chemistry so i reached out to ian at the time and was like what if you know rain had like a little crush it doesn't have to be reciprocated that's a foul like you do not have to feel obligated to be into this idea, but this is kind of what I was toying with. What do you think? And so we had a a conversation at the time. And if I remember correctly, Ian was like, yeah, I'm good with that. That sounds fun. Um, And then we kind of left it alone for a while. We just let them be friends. We just let them get to know each other. Mm -hmm. There was like little moments. And I feel like we signal each other. Occasionally there's little moments between rain and cause. If you pay attention where that's starting to get communicated, but like, it really wasn't very overt. And As a player, I didn't want it to take up a ton of time away from the main story that we're trying to tell. Um, But also, a group of people that spend this much time together, that's a natural outcome that can come of, like, really intimate dynamics like these. So, fast forward, blah, 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 to this particular episode, um, which uh, Ian, you referenced earlier on this dwarven ship, um, or just before, I guess, that took place. Um, I literally just DM'd Ian mid session. It literally came to me while we were playing. It mm-hmm. wasn't anything that we had planned out before, but I was like, this is such a huge moment. We're about to launch into a cause story. How much fun would it be to add one more wrinkle to this? Like, <laughs> add one more complication that makes cause's choice really hard. Um, just- and so I reached out to Ian literally like five minutes before it happened in-game and was like, how would you feel about a confession of love? A yes or no, thumbs up, thumbs down. And he was like, thumbs up, do
0: it. <laughs> I love that as a check, yes or no. <laughs> yeah. um, right. Maybe. So that's how
3: that came about. I think it was a combination of, of communication and letting things breathe, which is mm-hmm. not easy to do. Romantic dynamics are fun and you want to spend time in them if you're one of the players involved. But um, yeah, I would say that's how that came about.
5: And that. I- when I'm when I'm thinking back to like I think it was actually I think it was the Besky date episode where you and I had it
3: was somewhere around there somewhere mm-hmm.
5: around there where you and I like had this conversation because we were both like kind of wingmaning Besky like very ineffectively super incompetently but like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like we're like we're oh, helping yeah. we were not helping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah like and i remember us having this conversation about like oh like it would be cool it like it would be fun to explore that but it would be like fun not just for us as players but also for the audience as well if we explored that without the obvious intention that like we are gonna make this a thing we're like yeah we'll just explore it if it becomes something great if it's just us palling around like that's still great too and it it felt like a natural like evolution and so when we got to the point in the story where it became like more like oh let's like put some more gasoline on this fire (laughs) (laughs) like it didn't feel like it was coming out of nowhere and i felt like yeah like you know we've been adventuring together for a while we clearly like have like i feel if i remember correctly I remember, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, Chris, but I remember it was something along the lines of you saying, like, hey, like, everyone seems to, like, have a really good idea of what they're doing except for our characters. (laughs) 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 Do you want to, like, futz around with me? And I'm like, yeah,
3: let's futz around.
5: (laughs)
1: That's so great.
3: Oh, God. I do want to, like, what Ian said, progression is key for anything like that, whether it's a romantic or platonic or Mm. even, like, you know, maybe conflict-filled relationship. Mm -hmm. You can't go from zero to 60 and expect anybody Mm -hmm. to accept those outcomes or even understand what you're trying to do. So I think all those little moments really gave that confession legitimacy where if we had just not done anything with it, it would have been like, why though? What? Mm -hmm. Why?
2: (laughs) That, I I think... Honestly, like, just to chime in, like, that was the biggest surprise of this whole entire, like, story. Like, I had no what? idea. I, I had no clue. I was not, apparently, I was, I was like, surprised. I was not paying attention. And then it happened. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then it, like, all started clicking.
3: And
5: I was like,
1: oh, my God.
3: It all started with a cup of brickle root tea, y'all.
0: Mm-hmm. And a, a, a handful
3: of popcorn. <laughs>
4: Uh,
3: And
0: two
1: two kernels of popcorn. Oh my gosh! Okay, so I've got
4: but like massive props to you guys. Sorry, (laughs) just massive props to you guys because it's literally one of the hardest things I think to do Mm -hmm. in Dungeons and Dragons and like role playing Mm -hmm. in general. But like in D and D, to make romance (laughs) feel earned, (laughs) real. Um, and, like, natural, so hard. Like, potentially the hardest thing to do. Mm-hmm. And for you oh. guys to do it without, like, an insane amount of, like, planning and all that, but just, like, trust and, like, enthusiasm, so cool. Mm-hmm. You guys are cool. Anyway. oh uh, gee. <laughs> gee ways, mister. Oh. <laughs>
1: so there's obviously plenty of questions left, but I think... Um, we've gotten to the heart of a lot of things in this discussion. And I think, uh, some of these questions can definitely be revisited in future mailbags. Um, but there's one more that I want to ask at the end of this, uh, you know, because of the timing of this, uh, of what we're having this conversation, what is one hope or goal you have, um, as a player for your character, for the podcast, whatever you, however you want to approach that one hope you have for, for this coming year, uh, for in, for fay forge. That's a, that's a
0: really good question. I, I, so I, I think about probably the trajectory, the numbers, the, like that side of the podcast, I would assume the most, um, since I, you know, obsessively think about it always. Um, but uh one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about this year this past year and and want to kind of take that energy into this next year is it's really easy to burn yourself out in content creation uh in any form of content creation um but i s I'm in the ttRBg space the most so I, that's where I see it the most but i you just you just watch people have these big plans and and really great shows and awesome ideas, and they just die um And I don't think it's necessarily, well, and and I don't think it's for lack of trying. I think it's because it's really hard. It's really hard to put stuff out into the universe and not really know if people like it or not. I mean, we're lucky that we have, we have pretty solid download numbers but it's not like it's not like we're getting messages or tweets every day or like people saying wow that's that was amazing and and i think some of that comes to what people expect from like the critical roles in the adventure zones where there's always someone talking about those things but the reality is that's not what an indie podcast is right we we don't we don't even have the resources to do that if we wanted to let alone really knowing if we want to do that um because it's a whole nother ball game and so i think for me my 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 big goal for the podcast is just to to keep to keep going in a healthy fulfilling way for all of us um in 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 ways that is not burning me out that that the the rest of my my cast is not feeling burnt out um so that we can keep telling a story that is ultimately fulfilling for us first um because i i I think when when I when I have the hardest time maintaining is when I start thinking about what other people are thinking about us. What our numbers are. Why aren't why aren't more people listening to us? Cuz cuz I I genuinely believe that we have one of the best stories and most talented casts of any actual play out there. <laughs> um and and there are there are a lot of shows that are bigger than us and that's okay. Um because I because you don't get the longevity that we have by burning people out and treating people as, um, means to an end and stuff like that. And we, we really do have such an awesome group. Um, so that's my answer.
3: Yeah.
2: I, um, I think, where is I going to go at this? Um, number one, easiest thing is just like, we want to be your mom's favorite po- D&D podcast. That's probably like if we have one goal mm-hmm. and that we we probably meet is we are D&D mom's favorite mm-hmm. podcast. That's as long as we hit those numbers that's that's probably what we care about. Um I know it sounds kind of silly, but it's that's the vibe, right? So like what I'm speaking to is that's where I was getting at. The vibe. Like the vibe of this place is what Steven says like we're very like you know, um, what do you call this? Grassroots, like your kitchen table, like really good, high, like, you know, friends since high school feels kind of like, like really wholesome, uh, not wholesome, wholesome as far as the feeling, not wholesome as far as the content, <laughs> um, d podcast. Uh, and so that's kind of like, and that's, that is a been our through line from day one. Um, and, uh, if you the, the various guests that we've had on this on this show each one of them have said that we've had the best vibe the best like kind of like camaraderie teamwork out of and a space that makes them feel super safe um and that's the number one goal we have year over year and i think that's why we work um i think that and i think one thing i could say uh for like player or like character thing i know me and m Uh, our characters like we we kind of had stuff that we've touched upon that we'd like our characters to kind of like be like have a little bit closer connection via like friendship stuff but like things have pulled the direction of those two characters like kind of away from each other to handle the business their business but i think it'd be cool to like somehow within the structure of all that all to kind of like build more of that the friendship with those two characters because i think um It's cool. I really like the scenes where we get to just cook and like chill and like be in our little like anxious cell like we're our characters' truest forms in some ways when we're just like cooking and baking. And so that's kind of to see. Um, I think I think that's honestly it. Yeah. So the the just summarizing, continue to be your mom's favorite D and D podcast and then like more besky (laughs) blossom stuff. That's it.
4: Yeah, and I'm, I'm fully on board with that, personally. I'll I'll just take this as an opportunity for a segue, but 100%. I think for me and for Blossom, to sort of go back to the, the other question that somebody had asked, um, specifically me, like, I, I want to see her trust. I, and I want to see her step into her own power and realize that these people who she's been around this whole time are going to be there for her. Because they have been. I mean, I you know, in a way that almost even shocked me as a player. And so I think I have to remember player and character, like th- these, this is the place to do this. This is the place to explore, to play, to be vulnerable, caffeine and vulnerability shirts coming to our merch store soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, And just continue to like roll with the punches and make amazing art with these people who care so deeply about this, which is such a rare thing. And like, be appreciative of the fact that we have this sort of, uh, I don't know, expectation and time defying bond uh, where we make this awesome show and like it's personal to us and it's personal to the people that listen to it and numbers be damned.
0: (laughs) I, I, I think getting our numbers up is okay. <laughs> oh I, I i don't disagree I don't disagree i just i just yeah, dis- yeah, I right, decided right, I'm right. not going to kill myself anymore to do it
5: that's very true that's very true <laughs> and i i i definitely agree M that like we've done a really good job of like creating a space where we're telling stories that are like legit and fun and like good to like I think people like, want to show up for them every week because like they can tell that we're excited about them and mm-hmm. it's not just like I think we clock in roll some dice, and then like just do our thing right we're like no we're we're, we're all one thing i really love about this podcast is that we're all like really well aware that we're cooperatively telling a story together <clears throat> and we're always like i feel like everyone on this podcast everyone on this cast when i'm when i'm playing and when other and when, when i show up every week i can very i very much feel like i'm part of like a group of people that are all looking to each other saying okay like is this a story we're telling cool we're all on the same page okay good and go and very like very rarely do we even have to like kind of like off screen like chit chat about it. We were really good about like picking up each other's cues and being like, okay, like here's the kind of scene we're gonna we're gonna go for right now. Um I will say like kind of going back to what I mentioned earlier, like I feel a lot of pressure this year. I'll be honest. Like mm. yeah. Oh well, yeah, spotlight it on you really kind of and it's it's work. <laughs> it's work like I mean notice respect, Steven but I've taken like more notes on this campaign arc than I have on anyone else's campaign arc because I've kind of been like it's mm-hmm. everyone else's campaign I'm like yeah why Elena she's good maybe bad I'm not sure nobody knows eh. uh-huh. <laughs> but like here I'm like oh, I really gotta like I'm like keeping notes on Riverheart keeping notes on all the families I'm like putting the whole thing together <laughs> Steven's been feeding me breadcrumbs I've been putting the breadcrumbs in a bag and different bags different sizes different breadcrumbs <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah like I'm 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 kind of sweating every episode to be honest.
4: I'm kind of mm. sweating every
5: episode. And so like I feel like I want to keep bringing that energy that is engaged but not exhausting myself to the podcast this year and mm. I want to I want to like do right by the rest of the cast. Like I feel like every other campaign arc that has not been mine, my character's campaign arc, I've been like fully engaged in and represented without like People being like, "No, no, this is my campaign arc. Could you please step aside, <laughs> Dwarf Bard?" <laughs> you know, and so I want to like keep that, keep that respect going, and and continue to like have a good storytelling through it all the way through, even when it is like a little bit more like uh like my characters pushed a little bit more towards the front, and it is it's it's uh. I, I, I am looking forward a bit until it's like we're back on, like, the God bullshit. Because that, I feel like that's, like, other characters more, more their wheelhouse than Kaz's <laughs> character, although... <laughs> that's what fun. you think. Yeah, <laughs> should I not think it?
2: <laughs> I think, just to quickly add on to you, uh, Ian, I feel like it is interesting. Like, Emily probably felt the same way, and, and also Chris and uh, Ariadne but like when it's your when you're pushed to the forefront and when it's like kind of your story you feel responsible like a little bit for you know keeping the story moving and remembering the details but also to take care of the other characters and not let the party die like we like this is this part of the campaign we do feel, i think it's like uniquely dangerous in the sense of there exists a history here that isn't like so um What's the word for it? Like enigmatic or mercurial. There is like set family, set rules, set boundaries, set territories, and like I can understand for like Cause and Ian that like if you make a miscalculation or forget like this detail or this big overlying idea, it can lead to just party death. You know what I mean?
5: <laughs> that it, it, it is something <laughs> that I worry about. It is absolutely and it's absolutely something I worry about. Where I'm like, and like both Ian and Cause are like is this something that I want to get engaged with? Like, am I going to put myself on the line? But if myself on the line, my friends will be on the line as well. And do I want to put them in that kind of danger? And like, I really like, I want to have some like ace up my sleeve that's going to like turn all this around at the last minute. Then Steven gave us one and I was like, oh no. (laughs) Not that ace. Oh my god. No. So uh just like footnote chris we we need to we need to go break out that sludge gem and just have it in someone's inventory
0: like <laughs> <laughs> I, oh are God. we responsible I, enough
3: for that
0: <laughs> i truthfully thought I, I thought chris that your first move i
3: was clocking that safe so
4: hard well i yeah.
0: thought i i thought that you might at the beginning of that combat um after it was summoned, I thought you might like teleport or arcane gate or whatever spell you have right back there and just grab it. That's <laughs> still very the like. Oh my God. I really thought that was a possibility.
5: Oh, God, I'm getting the sweats again.
3: It was. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, but you know that's one of those moments where you think about what your character would do versus what's good for the story. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And what makes other players feel good, which is more important than any of those things. Um, I think for me, um, I'll, I'll, I'll be the one that says it. Um, I don't think I, 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 I think what I would like to see for Faeforge and the story, um, In the future, I wouldn't even um, confine it to this year necessarily because, you know, Stephen, you haven't really given us a concrete end date. You may not even have one down yet. Um, But I really want to see us land the plane gracefully, effectively, and in a way that really feels rewarding for all the work we've put in over four years. Like, um. There is a lot of pressure on cause, especially at the beginning of this year. But I think I think there's going to be one more big bang probably for each character um, as we reach the end. And that's not to say that, like, this is the last thing that's happening. But like the sun is setting on this particular Mm -hmm. story. And I think that that's really being telegraphed. And you can feel that in the escalation of the narrative. And so I would really like to see us as a cast and honestly, as characters, figure out what the priority is for us individually and how to make that a really, really beautiful ending that this story absolutely deserves.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The end is something I think about a lot. Partially because I've, I've spent so, so much time trying to weave these different character stories in so that there is really one, one final ending that hits for everybody. Um, and that is that is really hard to do, um, and so yeah, that that resonates with me, Chris. <laughs> um, and when when that ending will be, I'm 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 still not not sure because I don't I'm not sure how long this Cos arc will take, and I'm not the kind of GM that like, feels like okay, this campaign is uh, going to be 150 sessions, and this is what we're going to tackle. Like all of these, it's, it's just not how I how I do stuff. I try to let things grow a lot more naturally but I really see one, maybe two more arcs after Cause. Um mm-hmm. There's, there's, it, the end game's coming, that's for sure.
2: I think also what should be said, like, I can foresee it already, like, thinking about leaving Besky at whatever state he is, good or bad. Mm-hmm. I might cry, because it's like, I've literally, like... I, I probably the rest of the cast like literally been playing the character for four years going to be like five or whatever plus at the end probably but it's probably gonna be some tears at that last like you know
1: epilogue mm-hmm.
3: yeah i think that's what i mean specifically too like i think it's going to be harder for us to let them go than it is for the characters to reach the ends that they've been trying to get like i think that's the part that you know is going to be so hard
1: mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. anyway
3: yeah, that's, what I'm, that's the talent that i bring to the table really leveling us out
4: as far to, down as we can go no i'm th- too busy getting wistful over here oh, no. <laughs> it's i a do, blessing and a curse i
0: do think we, we we have a couple big conversations as a cast to have in the in the semi-near future Probably at, at the end of Cause's arc, for sure. The best and part
1: of a fi- of an ending is that it means there's time f- means it's time for a beginning, which is just as exciting as the ending is said. That's true. Yeah, absolutely,
0: <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is very true.
1: Forge two, your
2: dad's.
5: Favorite
1: <laughs> <podcast>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're all gonna play our
5: characters' dads. <laughs> oh God!
0: <laughs> Assuming your characters' dads are gonna be alive at the end of this campaign.
4: Yeah. Some of us like, might have you already, dads.
0: You already don't have a dad.
4: Wow, Steven, way to bring it up. Jeez.
5: <laughs>
4: Not everybody can have a dad, okay? But everyone can have a daddy. Oh. And that's the concept of oh, our we next campaign. Do. There you go.
1: <laughs> Not everyone's a dad, but everyone's a daddy. That's the theme. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: if we leave you Speaking with of else. perseverance.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I don't I think that's all the questions that we had we were wanted to go through i'm not sure uh steven how you wanted to finish out this episode no i think i think i'll just say to all of you who have been here from the beginning
0: or who have just joined in the last month or so or wherever you you jumped in we really appreciate you listening and supporting the show Mm um we love telling it and and thanks for being a part of, of, of this world, whether it's through telling your friends about it or leaving a review or our patrons, particularly our patrons though. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, uh, it, it does cost a lot to, to run a podcast, um, from equipment to, to, um, uh, music rights and sound effects and editing softwares and, and all sorts of stuff. Um, so, so we really, we are really, really grateful. And, uh, you have to find out what happens next time on the Faith Forge Academy.
1: <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Love it!
0: Hey, thanks so much for attending the Faith Forge Academy today. Uh, before you go, don't forget to check out our Patreon at patreon.com/slash Faith Academy, uh, and also stop by Greenleaf Geek which is at Greenleaf Geek on Twitter and Instagram or greenleafgeek.com. Get all your dice needs fulfilled. Um, uh, and don't forget that if you use the code FAYFORGE on checkout, you'll get 10% off your order. We are also proud members of the Fandom Mentals Podcast Network. So make sure you go to thefandommentals.com to catch up on all sorts of pop culture and nerd stuff. Uh, they have a lot of great articles, a lot of other great podcasts. Um, check them out. And with that, I am your Dungeon Master, Steven. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore bad DM. My name is Ian Gould, and you can find me on Twitter at Ian G Gould.
3: Hey, I'm Chris. I like to hang out. You can do so alongside me on Twitter at Kiss of Hemlock.
4: Hey, I'm Adelaide Gardner. You can find me at O Adelaide. Hi, I'm Emily, or M, and you can find me at Emily Irv, that's E-M-I-L-Y-E-R-V, on Twitter and Instagram.
2: My name is Michael Sinclair II. You can find me at Michael Critz on Twitter and on Twitch.
0: Theme music by Dave Cole of the Four Orbs Podcast. For more music, check out D. Cole Music on YouTube. Additional sound effects and music found at zapsplat.com, tabletopaudio.com, and epidemicsound.com. The Faithforge Academy is a proud member of the Fundamentals Podcast Network.